has produced. It has been well researched, been well put together, and well thought out. This comes from 2014. Trust me, things haven't changed that much in six years. What are the top five self-reported temptations in America? The top five. Anxiety or worry. Procrastination. Eating too much. I don't know how that one got there. Electronics and social media. The overuse of that. And laziness. Those are the top five. In those five that reported that those were their worries, 50 to 60% of the people said they could relate to those as a temptation. That's interesting. Sometimes when data makes it into information and information turns into knowledge, we can use that and say, well, how can I turn that into wisdom and discretion? In our lesson today, as we look at Matthew chapter 4, which goes very well with Luke chapter 4, there are just slightly a, a few variations in it, but they're essentially the same description of when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. And we wonder, how is this passage relevant to us? How can we take that from being, as a meme says these days, cool story, bro. But what does it mean? How does that help me in my day-to-day -day walk? How can it help me? What is the nature of temptation? Why was Jesus tempted? Who was the tempter? Where do temptations begin? When are the most vulnerable? When are we most vulnerable to temptations? How can we deal with temptations? And I think as we look into this passage, we can better become acquainted with those questions and more as they relate to our lives. And we'll see just how human Jesus was. It seems that no matter how much things change, they remain the same. Man is tempted by three common themes in life. The Apostle John tells us this in his epistle that he wrote. We know it as 1 John. In 1 John chapter 2 and verses 15 through 17, we'll lay a little groundwork and then we'll come back to Jesus' temptation. John says, do not love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Your versions may say the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those three things. It is the common theme in man's temptations, man's lust. 
we can lump them all into one group such as these. I remember many years ago in reading this, and it was related to me, that they all fill into these. And I wondered, maybe I can shoot holes in their theory and say, no, 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 no. I think I can find an exception to that. That's human nature. We say, I, I want to find an exception to that. I have not been able to find an exception to that because when John says, for all that is in the world, John is inspired by the Holy Spirit to give this to us. Those three things, the lust of the flesh, lust being a longing or a desire, especially for that which is forbidden. The lust of the flesh, the flesh being symbolic of carnal or fleshly passions, impure desires that seek gratification in immoral ways. I give you those definitions so that we, we understand what the Greek words would mean. We come to the lust of the eyes, the lust being the same as the one before. The lust of the eyes, the Greek word for eyes is ophthalmos. We recognize that from our term ophthalmologist. The desire for that which appeals to the sight, the frivolous vanities of this world, costly clothes and jewelry, splendid houses and the contents and land. Kind of wraps it up. Then we come to the pride of life. Pride, alazanea, braggadocios, nice long word, 50 cent word as they used to call it, self-confidence, boasting, pride of life, the present state of existence, the livelihood and living. All three of those things, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You think about those things which tempt us. Those things which tempt you, because the things that tempt you might not be the same things that tempt me. But when we break them down, we think, which one of these do they fit into? And it's not always easy to do that. But they are the same three that the tempter, Satan, the devil, he who was a liar from the beginning, he who was a murderer from the beginning, has used those same tactics on human beings from the very beginning. And if we go back to the very beginning in the garden in Genesis chapter 3, we see that he uses those same tactics that John talks about in his letter. Genesis chapter 3, beginning with verse 5, says, For God knows that when you eat, and this is Satan talking to me, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, there's the lust of the flesh, and that it was a delight to the eyes, there's an easy one, lust of the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, there's the pride of life. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. From the very beginning, Satan has used the same three temptations for man of which we are vulnerable to. Now, I could end the sermon right there and you say, I have the knowledge, I'll figure it out for myself. But we still have a lot of time, and there's much more to it here. We could go to other places in the Bible, and we could look at from the life of King David in 2 Samuel chapter 11. We could look at the story of Bathsheba, 
It's easy to see the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. And the pride of life when David became ensnared and plotted the death of Uriah the Hittite because he was going to be found out. His pride was going to be hurt. Over and over we see that same pattern being played out. It's sad, really, that we keep falling for those things over and over. Now we come back to Jesus and see that Jesus is tempted by the exact three things that he has been used all along on mankind. You know, our minds run rampant, and, and you'll want an explanation of, now, how exactly did the Spirit lead Jesus out into the wilderness? And where was this wilderness? And how is it that Jesus could be tempted? Because we want to go to James and say, well, God cannot be tempted with evil. But we must remember that Jesus, being fully God, was also fully human. John 1.14 says, the, world, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, glories of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And perhaps one of the most definitive verses that describes Jesus and His, his, his plan comes from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-8. through 8. It says to the church at Philippi, but it also says to us, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a servant, being, in the form, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." The Word became flesh. He became Jesus in the flesh. Became just like you and I. Why? That's the question I ask. Why? The writer of the book of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, telling a little bit about the humanity of Jesus. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery, for surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. And here we have his purpose. Therefore, he had to be, perhaps your version says, behooved. He was indebted to do this. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every aspect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted." Now, if you think about that, not just for this moment, but think about it throughout your days. Think about it in times when you are wondering, what am I doing? Why do I have faith in Christ? Why did he come for the likes of me? Remember, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. 
tempted in every way like we are. My mind begins to say in its oppositional way, now wait a minute, now Jesus was never tempted to lose everything he had because he was going into bankruptcy. Nope. Our minds can't run that way. But when it says that he was suffered when he tempted, he was tempted in every way, he was tempted in every way that is relevant to you and I. In everything. We look at how Jesus was tempted. You may look at how it was listed in Matthew chapter 4 and how Luke chapter 4, and there is one that is out of place, but it is still the same thing. When Satan said, command these stones to become loaves of bread, I don't know about you, but I have never gone without eating for 40 days. But at the end of those 40 days, it says he was hungry. And if there's one thing that you tempt people with when they are hungry, it's food. Turn these stones into bread. There's the lust of the flesh. That hunger. We could go back to the Old Testament and look at Jacob and Esau. And Esau, when he was hungry, sold his entire birthright. birthright. For, as the old King James Version calls it, a mess of pottage. For a cup of stew, he sold everything. That's what hunger can do to us. And Jesus, having not eaten in 40 days, was hungry. You see, Satan knows everything about us. He knows that those three things are that which we are vulnerable to. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He knows us. He knows what we can be tempted by. Better sometimes, perhaps, than we know ourselves. He said, throw yourself from the pinnacle of the temple. It was the pride there. The pride that God would pick him up. That I could do something like this and put God to the test. He said, he took him to the high point and said, all these kingdoms are yours if you worship me. All those kingdoms of the world. And we ask ourselves questions. Where exactly did he take him to that high point? How did they get there so fast? Questions we simply cannot answer. But the Bible has given us enough information that when Satan showed him these kingdoms, and our question is also perhaps, were those kingdoms that it was Satan's to give? Could Satan really have given him all of those kingdoms? Could he given Jesus all of those kingdoms? You see, the whole world, as we're told in the scripture, is under the sway of the evil ones. But they are not Satan's to give. For God controls nations. God puts into power whom he will and takes out whom he will. So another lie that Satan gives, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of these kingdoms. The pride, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life there. So as we look at those briefly as, as Satan was tempting Jesus with all of these, our next point is the keys to Jesus overcoming is the keys to our overcoming. You see, the same way that Jesus is able to overcome temptation are the ways that we can use 
because he is the example. He is the example that has been given to us, that if we use those same techniques and tactics, that they will be successful with us. The first one is, Jesus used the Word of God. He didn't use logic. He didn't use philosophy. He came right immediately to the Word of God. Command these stones become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan said, throw yourself from the pinnacle of the temple. And Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And finally, when he said, all these kingdoms are yours if you worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Think of times when you have been tempted and times when you have fallen and think to yourself, what was available as my weapon that I failed to use? Did I use the Word of God? Did I know how to use the Word of God? Did I know even where in the Word of God that I could go for my help in times of temptation? Well, there's really only one way that you can become so familiar with the Word of God to know when to use it. You've got to spend time with it. You've got to spend time with the Word of God reading every day every day to become familiar with it. So that the Word of God is so familiar that when you are tempted, you know the verse to go to when it comes to you. You see, truth triumphs over lies. In John chapter 1, verse 5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, lies and deception and evil cannot overcome good. Good will always overcome it. And we look around us in our world today and we say, no, 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 I'm seeing an awful lot of evil overcoming. I see an awful lot of evil. Evil is there because people refuse to use the light. And coincidentally, not only in John chapter 1 and verse 5, but 1 John 1 verse 5 also says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. Not only the word, but we must have the willpower to resist. In James chapter 4 and verse 7, James talks about resisting. You see, Satan is powerless against God. If we back up from the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 and look at verse 28 and verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You see, Jesus has all authority. And Satan is powerful against us when we trust God. In Ephesians chapter 6, as we look at the, the armor of God that Paul tells us we must have, beginning in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6, he says, Finally be strong in the Lord, and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God, 
that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And Paul tells us in his letter to the Corinthians that we are not unaware of his schemes. How is it that we can become aware of the schemes? By reading God's word and understanding the lies that he has put up against us. And not only the word and the willpower, but the warnings we are given. Peter writes in his first letter, 1 Peter 5, verses 8 through 9, he says, Be sober-minded and watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Resist him. Now, Peter would not have told us to resist him if it weren't possible for us to resist him. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brothers throughout the world. And seeing the consequences of our actions from James chapter 1 and verse 14. As James writes his letter and begins to tell them, the people there, that about the trials that they're undergoing. He says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself tempts no one, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. You see, we have the warnings about what happens when we succumb to those things. Desire, when it conceives, gives birth to, to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. What more warning do we need from the Word of God to resist temptation. I come back to Hebrews chapter 2. For when we look at why Jesus did what he did for us in his temptations. And certainly there is enough in Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11 that we could spend countless hours dividing the words, looking at all the different things that are going on here. But in the end, we will come to the conclusion of what the writer of the book of Hebrews tells us. He himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Paul writes in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 13, he talks about that there is no temptation that will overcome us, but that which is common to men, and God will give us a way out. Do we understand how God does this to give us a way out? It's not always clear to me. But we are promised that everything that we are tempted with will not be more than we can bear. But he can provide a way out for us. Through his word, through willpower, and through the warnings that are given to help us in those times of temptation. That's the type of Savior I want. The one who overcame all temptations. We are told that he was without sin in this life. 
but that he loves us. He loved us enough to go through all of this, who gave up everything in heaven, all of the riches, all of the glory, and came down here to suffer for me. And that's enough to make me want to follow him. Enough to make me think that when I am tempted, that I can overcome just as Christ has. I won't always overcome, but I have one who is making intercession for me, who presents me faultless before the throne. That's the Savior that I serve. And I hope that's the Savior that you serve this day. If not, we stand ready to help in any way that we can. Through faith, knowing that Christ died for our sins, and knowing that we are helpless on our own to overcome. But through faith in Christ, confession that He is Lord, and the willingness to be baptized, wash away our sins, repenting of our past, moving forward, that you too can be a child of God, and that He will help you in your temptations. Whatever your need is to say, we stand ready to help in any way that we can as we stand and sing. Yield not to temptation or yielding in sin. Each victory will help you. Some